Hey everyone, Willengard here with Mini. Hey guys. And this is the FFBE podcast. First of all, I'd like to apologize for not releasing an episode on time last week. Um, when you guys are listening to it, to this episode, I will have already released what was supposed to come out last week, but life just got away from us. Yeah, it happens. Moving on. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, not too much, actually. There's a few new units and the exploration mission for the Final Fantasy II event. Oh, and I think there was, what's his name, the trial version of Emperor, or is that part of the exploration? I can't <clears throat> remember now. The trial version of Emperor is the, it's sort of a challenging mission to get those uh, Ayaka fan keys to go use them oh. so you do get a, yeah. a trust moogle out of it but otherwise there's nothing too exciting to come out of that um i mean we kind of got a, an annoying system for that in in global in japan if you wanted to do those it would unlock all the abilities for your uh latent units but here we just get more keys and I think unless you actually pull those units I wouldn't worry about it right away. I've noticed the keys are not hard to come by as long as you don't intend to awaken everything. Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird because the way our system works in global you almost, well not almost, you actually don't even need to clear those trials to awaken your units latent abilities. Because <clears throat> you just save up enough keys and you can do it anyway. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty just kind sad. of in a weird situation. Because the motivation to clear those was to get the to get the Ayaka fans, but now I don't know what it actually is. They're so abundant, yeah. kind of. It's, it's just kind yeah. of in a weird place. It, I yeah, fair. So we kind of covered the Emperor fight there. You go in, it's a trial battle, you get some keys. I wouldn't really worry about it at all because it's there permanently. Yeah. And you just kind of I might do it, do it whenever eventually, you can. but as it is right now, it's not on my the top of my list. Yeah, because it's just it's just the keys. Nobody cares really. It's not that huge deal. Like I want to clear it for the uh twelve hundred lapis that's in there but it's not essential right yep. now there is that exploration mission as well that you get to do um it gives you if you beat it the sun sun blade it's called it gives you undead killer which for it's not too bad 50 percent damage to undeads. Yeah, it's all right pretty decent uh undeads are kind of a rare enemy type and the sword itself isn't amazing uh, I think the 50% undead killer makes it worth using against undeads, but uh, nothing else really. Yeah, and then the other two things are pretty useless. Yeah, they're. I can't no, see myself not, using. They don't bring anything new to the table. So, yeah, do that exploration. You fight a boss at the end. Get a Sunblade, some Trust Moogles, etc. Pretty standard. This week, we are also getting three new units all coming in hot from the Final Fantasy V raid event that we're having in the raid mini do you are you excited about any of the equipment you get from uh, i'm not raid? excited by any of it i think the black robe is decent for its dark resistance and uh the coral ring and flame ring same story <clears throat> it'll be it's nice to 
have accessories I can fuse on the go if I need these resistances on certain units. So overall, I think as far as craftable uh, rewards, this is much better than we've seen in some raids, but it's not anything that I would, uh, I'm super hyped for. Yeah, that's fair. They are decent rings because of those resistances, like you mentioned. Uh, they can definitely come in handy. Otherwise, the raid doesn't, like, the other two things aren't the greatest. I wasn't too excited when I saw any of these besides the rings for the resistances yeah. and maybe even the robe for its resistance overall. A decent mag, but not nothing crazy. Well, that's typical of raids because they're farming type events. I'd still like to see a trend of what they're doing with the King Mog events where you are actually getting decent rewards if you're able to farm up enough or beat the trial boss at the uh, on week two or whatever. It'd be nice to see them incorporate more useful pieces of equipment for both uh, end game players as well as like newer players. Like something that both people can kind of use. Yeah, it would be nice, but it's hit or miss with these things, I think. Like sometimes the, the stuff you get is insanely good and sometimes it's like insanely useless so i'm not sure where it's going it, it feels like random week to week yeah which is weird with this event we are getting three new units warrior of light krill warrior of dawn galif and warrior of the of the night x death out of these three units which one are you most interested in i don't know to be honest i think from where I'm sitting, I I, I like both uh, Galif and Warrior of Night X-Death. I think they're... Like, X-Death is a mage. It looks to me like he has potential to be really, really powerful. And then uh, Galif looks to me like an insane physical cover tank. So yeah, he's these disgusting. two units, I like. I wouldn't say excited, I, but definitely they bring something worth talking about. Um, Krill, I think she has potential too, but I'm not sure where it sits. She's got a bit of evil mag mixed in there, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about her, but the other two, I, I'm confident in saying I think they'll be good units. Let's talk about Krill briefly. Um, her TMR is actually pretty good for her character type, the Evo, Ma Evo Mage. Girl Entrusted with Hope, 50% Mag, 30% Evo Mag, all in one TMR. I think that's pretty Yeah, stellar. fantastic. Even if you pull one of her, this would be amazing on someone like Morgana as well. And there's a few others that would use it well um, <clears throat> that have that Evo damage that scales off Mag. This gives them everything they need. Exactly. And then Krill's Scrunchy is... It looks like it's pretty much an upgraded Fina STMR. Yeah, it gives you a ton of mag and that uh, that ribbon effect, which I think makes it pretty good. To me, it's the ribbon. Of yeah, like the two combined is just top tier in my opinion. Yeah, the ribbon effect is is what really makes it STMR. Because there's people that equip. Yeah, it's uh, a, a crazy amount of mag. What's her name? The red mage's hat. I can never remember her name. <laughs> Carlet's uh, hat for the 60 mag and it just has 60 mag 60 attack um curl scrunchy gives you 60 mag it gives you some defensive stats and it nulls all status elements i think that's uh 
pretty solid right there. The only the only time yeah, uh, Carlitz is better is on hybrids. This is now just straight up an upgrade from Carlitz hat. Unless you're a hybrid. If you're using user. it for just yeah. majors, yeah. I definitely agree. Both TMR and STMR are very, very good from Krill. Um, I like to see that, though. I like the units to, at least the five-star units, to have decent no, I, equipment that you of course, can get. I love seeing that power creep just slowly come in. Mm. Speaking, I'll, I'll talk about that by the end of this at some point. I meant to mention it, but we'll, I'll get to it. Let's talk about some of her abilities. Um, she doesn't really do anything unique from what I can tell. She does have... I think uh, it's kind of interesting. She can increase your party's damage against beasts and fairies. I know they're not super common enemy types, but I feel like in those uh, battles, she may actually offer a little bit more than other characters because 25% to like her and then if you're running two other DPS with her, it, it can add up. I agree. One thing that I wish that they did for her, so her cooldown ability gives you five evocation gauge per turn for, I think it's four or five turns or something like that. Um, four turns after you cast it. I would have liked to see it give you six, and I know it's not that huge of a difference, but if it's five, you can't triple cast, for example, her Wind Drake Assault Plus, which is one of her main abilities that she mm -hmm. can use to do damage. I would have liked to be able to triple cast that. I know that you're probably going to be using her to Stardust Ray Chain, but if you did want to chain cap and like max out lots of damage yeah. and do Evo damage, uh, you don't really have that option unless you've set up by having more yeah, I'm not sure how exactly she's going to work. It looks to me like it shouldn't be too much of an issue because most of the time, triple casting a finisher will cause one or two hits to land outside of the optimal range anyway. So I feel like she, because of her innate uh, dual cast and triple cast, uh, she's probably more built to build her own chain with a partner using her chaining skills and then, and then cap, cap it, it with one of her evoke skills. Which is kind That's of cool because the really... evoke is going to ignore all uh, defenses, which I think it's kind of cool. I'm just not sure where she's going to sit when it comes to the actual numbers. It's tough to say, especially with something like evoke damage. It's really hard to tell how much damage it's going to do. Yeah, because the struggle is it's um, untyped, so you're not taking advantage of any kind of uh, imperils. And we already know that it can't take advantage from killers. But she does have plenty of Evo Mag Plus in her kit, which acts like a killer passive for Evo Mag or evoke damage. So, for example, 30% Evo Mag just straight up adds 30% modifier to her damage, right? It's like getting a 30% killer. So, I'm just not sure. It looks like she's got potential. I just don't know. Uh, historically, these uh, Evo Mag users have not stacked up to their magic or physical damage counterparts. But we'll see. It looks like she has potential. I think with all the Evo Mag buffs that you can get in the game, she might be able to push it because there's so much of it now. And she does bring a decent amount kind of innately in her kit. It might be worthwhile. But like you said, it's all going to come down to testing and seeing because evoke damage is just tough yeah. to gauge. Especially because ignoring the defenses or spirit of, of the enemy... It depends what 
that like how much that is is it worth the sacrifice of not being able to take advantage of the elemental yeah chain and it also depends on a fight too because some uh some bosses will be really annoying and cast barriers on themselves which prevent like magic damage or physical damage or severely reduce damage uh, with a unit that uses evoke damage you can just ignore that entirely and still hurt them so they will exactly. excel in some fights even if they do less damage uh, simply because of this interesting mechanic for some of their skills mm -hmm. now krill does come with latent abilities to unlock I would get both of them. Windrake's Insight is really good. Once it's maxed out, does a lot of mm -hmm. damage. Can chain with uh, Stardust Ray. And then the other one just buffs her. Might as well. Yeah. Gives her nice defense and, spe or defense and HP and then buffs some of Gives her damage. Gives her a bit more damage as well. Um, I like how these newer units are coming with latent abilities uh, built in. It's kind of interesting because they don't really need them. You can tell by like the increase in age defense and HP for Krill. It's only 10%. It's whatever, right? When when we're looking at some of the older units, you're getting like 40 or 50% on these passives. And I understand why that is, but I'm just wondering why not just build it into their passives already? Like what's the point of creating a whole new skill for an extra 10% defense HP? It just it's kind of annoying because farming simulator. Yeah. <laughs> We talked like, about for older units i understand episode. you want to bring them back up to par you want to make them more usable for people who love them but like for brand new units come on <laughs> and the thing i thought the latent ability system was going to relate to ffbe units and the reason is that it makes sense that as we go throughout the story latent abilities are unlocked like when the latent ability system came out i think that was the part in the story where a character unlocks some aspect of their abilities or whatever right i mean i i and don't so it made sense it made sense to me that effort like i thought that's where they were going with it especially because you're using ayaka fans and all this stuff i thought it was going to be like an ffbe unit thing. i don't think they're actually ayaka fans this looked like that to me <laughs> i thought they were i think they're called like latent ability power or something i don't know what? um Either way, you're right. It's it's silly that they don't just make these abilities yeah. already in the person's kit because I mean they're not that. Because I think it'd be better to give some other FF five units, right, latent abilities to awaken, and these new units just have them come in already with what they need. I think just adding this need to farm for them to get the the most out of them just feels kind of cheap. It feels like you, you pay full price to get half the game and then you got to pay again for the DLC, you know? Yeah, exactly. The other thing that doesn't make sense about, because they've done this the last two or three releases in a row, four in a row, four in a row maybe, why would you waste like these latent ability slots on something so useless? Like why would you not save it for something down the road if you ever choose to enhance these units? You can take advantage of the latent ability system to do that, to have that other reset, so to speak, <laughs> right? But because just because these abilities are not that significant, if there was like some cool thing that you get for unlocking, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done with it. The whole system is kind of weird. So it has a yeah, lot of Yeah, it kind of came to global in just issues. the weirdest way. It's just the weirdest way. Yeah. And right now it's sitting in just a place where it's kind of between here and there. <laughs> exactly. Let's... 
just quickly mention her limit burst before we move on. Uh, it's pretty strong, does damage, lots of damage, and that's about it. Moving forward. Yeah. Warrior of Dawn Galif is the next one I want to talk about, mostly because I'm super excited about this guy and I just can't wait anymore. Sure. His TMR sword with nice HP, which is good. It kind of works really well for him specifically. Yeah, made perfectly for Gets him, but attack. usable for most. I think our, Anybody. I know for sure Wilhelm can equip swords, but Sieg might be able to as well, I think. Definitely any physical tank benefits from this. It's kind of cool. Exactly. Plus it's a sword, so you can, remember you can take it to item world. Uh, give it the rare passive mm -hmm. for an extra 20% HP. You can give this thing potentially 40, 50, or 60% HP if you just focus on that in item world. So I think it's kind of cool to have a Disgusting. have a weapon with a 20% HP passive. I think the, the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is Nyx's uh, dagger or whatever it's called. Um, but that's an STMR, not a TMR. So Very difficult to get, whereas this TMR does it in a cheap way. Like, like it's yeah, I think overall it's really good for these physical cover tanks. His STMR is also really, really good for physical cover tanks. HP and defense by 40%. You want both of those stats, it gives them to you. On top of that, getting some fire and light resistance. Now, is it STMR level? Yes, only if you're using the fire and light resistance aspect, yeah. I think. I think it's like S plus tier TMR level. Yeah, otherwise. this one is more situational. Um, this STM, I mean, you're not, if you have four, you might as well get them because you're never going to need two Gallops in one team. But <laughs> what? You can chain with himself then. It's true, but there are better chaining kidding. options for him, uh, chaining I'm partners. But I mean, uh, if you can make use of the fire and light resist, then it's really good. If you can't, then. It's situational and probably not worth getting unless you randomly end up with four Gallops. Like 40% HP defense is good, but it's about TMR level on its own. It's not like worth an STMR ticket or anything like that. Exactly. And I mean, his sword, you probably want to use it on him anyway. It'll trigger his passive. You don't really want to switch to a different sword. So uh, having uh, his STMR wouldn't help you in that regard either. Let's talk about his kit now. He basically what he has is light and uh, fire absolute mirror of equity chains untight absolute mirror of equity chains he can give himself some elements uh, that's the general gist of how this guy is going to work but the main things I'm excited for now he is a physical cover tank he can give up to 50% damage mitigation that's not physical damage mitigation. That's damage mitigation, just general damage, which is crazy. Yeah, that's so. He has huge. it on his limit burst, and then he's got he's got a ton of uh, mitigation in his kit as well, like forty percent mitigation on his cooldown ability. That also uh, is a cover. And then also the other cool thing about him is he can imbue both himself and a chosen partner with fire or light, while at the same time decreasing the resistance of that element to an enemy. I think that is just, it's just really good to have. And on top of that, the freaking he's got an entrust as well. I mean, yep. this guy is just, I love it. His limit burst, which gives you that 50% mitigation, lasts for four turns, mind you. And it's only cost 22 yeah, burst Yeah, super cheap. 
ridiculously cheap like for the benefit that you're getting that is dirt cheap the other thing that i love about him is that innately he comes with i think it's 80 percent taunt and it's yeah 80 percent taunt passively so he has no mm -hmm. uh realistically you can put like a, a balloon on him and you're good to go he'll just passively 100 percent taunt uh, which is really, really nice to have. I mean, this this guy is fantastic as a cover tank. He gives you the mitigations that you want, the cover that you want. And then at the same time, he, he's he got a, a dual cast built in. He's got an attack defense break in his kit. And then he's also got, a, he kind of revolves around this fire light element. So he can increase your party's resistance to the element. He can decrease the enemy's resistance to the element and we I, like i said earlier he can imbue uh, your team with this element so overall i think he is really really good i mean i i definitely think he's better than wilhelm for sure uh potentially better than seacart too just because of that massive 50 percent mitigation on his limit burst i would say that he is better because of that just just thinking about any trial boss doing half the damage is crazy. And then if you look at, uh, if you pair him, for example, with a support like uh, the Bunny Paladin, Sylvie, she can mm -hmm. she can add extra mitigation on top of that because she's got dedicated magic or physical mitigation, which is really nice. It'll stack with the general mitigation. And then he's also, his latent ability, the neutralizing blade, I think is fantastic. It's got a built-in. Uh, oh, it's really It's got good. a built-in dispel, dispel effect. So you you have a tank that just does, does everything everything pretty much. Yeah, like I love it. The only thing I wish is that they put uh, they allowed you to use neutralizing blade as part of his dual cast, but it's okay. It's it's not huge. It just would have been a nice to have. It's not the end of the world. <clears throat> it is a good enough ability, and he does have uh, long enough on his cool like his cover abilities and his uh, mitigation abilities the effects last long enough that he would be able to uh, probably squeeze these in anyway oh definitely just because of the length of all of his effects so overall i'm gonna say galif is in my opinion at least the new best physical cover tank i think if i randomly pulled a galif i would be extremely happy he I think of the three units on the banner, this is the one I would want the most. Me too. That being said, am I going to pull, given that I already have something like Sieghard, or if you're still getting by with I'm Wilhelm, still squeaking still along fantastic. with Wilhelm. He's my boy. Yeah, like, I'm not going to waste my Lapis or my tickets just to upgrade slightly, um, especially because mitigation exists on a lot of other units. And especially because the way the physical the physical tank meta is, is most of them have to be dodge tanks or they're just going to die anyway to the boss. Because bosses these days, or trial bosses, I should say, just have so many turns where they're attacking and some of them do AoE. So if you're covering, you're, you're tanking every single hit for your team, which can be like sometimes 15 hits on three turns for the boss, right? Or three turns, three moves or whatever right and like if the boss is, has like eight moves a turn you're just you're getting wrecked unless you're 100 percent dodge which is kind of a kind of weird i think overall it, it does suck a little bit that no matter how bulky uh, like a tank gets he's relegated to just being this nimble dodge thing which just kind of feels weird to me i don't like it 
at all. Um, I, I, I've tried before using really, really high HP in defense. But they still get wrecked. In, in a trial, they get yeah, destroyed. And it, I mean, magic cover tanks are in a similar situation, just in a different way. For magic cover tanks, most of them will still get wrecked with untyped magic, but typically we're using them to cover elemental abilities. So you just uh, crank up their resistance to elements and they just resist instead of relying on their tanky stats. So I think tanks in FFB are just in a weird kind of place and enemies, uh, just the way the meta has evolved, these trial bosses have just become so obnoxiously stupid that uh, no single unit could actually tank them probably in the way they were intended to, I think, without relying on these like dodge mechanics or resist mechanics. I agree with you 100%. It, they've just been put in a weird place both physical and magic cover tanks or tanks in general, you have to be nullifying the damage or at least like nullifying 90% of the damage. Otherwise you're just getting The only destroyed. way I can think of doing it without dodge, for example, is by stacking enough uh, resist. So having somebody like Gallif with his 50% and then tacking the extra 20 or 30% from somebody else's like magic or physical resist. And uh, he can probably survive that way. But if you don't have those in place, just straight up tanking, I think you just yeah you're just gonna wipe on turn one pretty much yeah it's really tough it's really really tough our take on tanks apparently right there moving on to warrior of the night x death he is very strong just on at a glance i mean quad casting and a ton of crazy modifier increases i'm hesitant to be excited about him just because of how he works where you have to like activate his real abilities and then use those abilities to buff all your other abilities and then and then you can start actually doing damage he doesn't seem that bad it seems like he's one of those dps units oh he seems he seems really good it's just not my preferred style he's following a trend that a lot of top tier dps have these days where you're stacking to build up to your full potential even his uh, chaining abilities stack so the nice thing is that a lot of the buffs he applies to himself with his uh, unlockable abilities last forever and can't be dispelled so unless he dies you only have to really uh, ramp up once and once you've ramped up he's good to go and he's just going to be shredding everything with his massive modifiers so I, it's like you said, if you don't like that style, then maybe he's not for you. But I mean, where he's sitting right now, I think he, he looks very, very good. My only drawback for him is he's limited to one chaining family, Chaos Wave, and he's only got three elements at his disposal. <clears throat> so that means he's, uh, if you're running up against anything that's resistant to those elements, you might be in trouble. But other than that, I think just pure numbers-wise, he's he's pretty solid. One of the better mages we've seen recently. If you do run into something that's uh, that is resistant to that, you can just use X Meteor and use your sixty-hit combo quadcasted. <laughs> uh, no, he he looks really, really, really strong. It's just I don't. Well, it's not so bad. I mean, you use maybe one or two turns to set up, and then turn three and onward, you're kind of pumping out some decent damage. Yeah, it looks like the only problem with him is he's going to have uh, 
How long is this? Oh, never mind. His quad cast, once it's active, it's active. It lasts for five turns, and it's a five-turn cooldown. So yeah, you can use it Once you get to that point, he's just off to the races. So, yeah, I think he's just he's going to be really good. He's going to be he, really He strong. even comes he, in with some extra bonus killers as passives. I think 50% to humans, yep. birds, beasts, plants, and insects. So mm-hmm. and, and increases his own LB damage by 50%. <laughs> so, I mean... The dude, uh, he's definitely the warrior of the night, you know. He can even increase his mag while equipping a sword. You know, one of my favorite things about uh, mages like X-Death uh, and Golbez is they're, they're the rare breed of mage that can equip heavy armor, which is kind of awesome because sometimes uh, there are certain heavy armors with uh, resists or passive that you want, or even I think Golbez is, I want to say, STMR is a super good heavy armor uh so x-death can take advantage of those well they are final bosses they better be able to equip the big stuff and then on top of it all so he naturally he can't equip robes but he gets a passive called equip robe just so he's not screwed by not being able to equip the best uh mage body armor <laughs> but he has to be seven star yeah that's the, that's your prize for getting that's, him all the way to that's seven. that's the big star. big yeah, unlock yeah i think it's cool um no, it's it is it's really it's nice that they're giving it to him because in the past that's been a struggle. Is that some you want to equip the robe because it's better, but you can't. Yeah. OG X Death, I think, struggled with that. Way back in the day. I remember when X Death came out and he was the best mage at the time. Yeah. It's I used crazy. to run him in arena just meteoring everything to death. Good times. Yep. I used to be jealous of you because I didn't get an X death on his banner and like a few months afterwards. And then it started raining X deaths after he, he was so good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the story like goes usually. You never get the ones you want. Um, let's quickly go over his latent abilities because you mentioned that he has the limitation of only those elements. If you do unlock it, he does get an untyped magic damage, which does okay yeah usually um, for pinch situations yeah, the untyped will do much less because you can't uh, take advantage of imperils but like you said it's better than doing zero yep because sometimes there are certain trials that fluctuate their elements and it might just get you through doing a bit of extra damage between those phases his second ability is the sort of useless tacked on ability um, basically what you're i disagree it gets guts i was gonna say what you're paying for is you're paying for the guts passive the other stuff is just kind of whatever and it's one of those things again i just don't understand why you couldn't have built in tis passives i like, have no idea 10 percent mag mp silly. is whatever uh five percent refresh is whatever i would even put in the guts we've seen other mages with guts other units with guts it's nothing special it's only uh 100 percent and it revives you to 1% HP, so it's and one time only. So it's like, it's not that amazing. Where, in my opinion, just putting it into his passives would have somehow made him broken or ruin the game. Not even close. Like, it's a non-factor. You're paying for guts. The other things are just there for show, I guess. On the other hand, though, his limit burst damage, when you factor in the passive 50% LB damage gets massive at max level. Yeah. I think it's like 60 times, something like that. Just about. Maybe a little bit less, but Roughly. give or take. And it, it has the bonus effect it's... of decreasing spirit to your, any enemies. So, I mean, 
I don't know. I just I look at Xdeath and I, I think like this guy's bringing the heat. He's to, strong. Yeah, he's just. He's really strong. He's pretty good. I think the the CG is Galif CG or is do we have a CG unit on this banner? I didn't think we had a CG on this banner. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I wish. That would have been. You know what? Been, I want to see uh, final bosses from games get CG animations. Like it'd be so cool to watch like an evil CG animation. If that makes any sense. No, this game is not about making sense. This game is about farming. Just get your wild, crazy ideas out of here. Like, this is how stupid this game is, okay? Season 1, the last boss summons uh, chaotic darkness, and no one can control it, right? It's just there. It's going to destroy everything. Season 2, you get that boss as a unit, and his limit burst, he just randomly summons chaotic darkness to wander the earth to just kill people. Like, it's just... Every time you use this limit burst, he sh- like, just shits one out. <laughs> and it, nobody, like, nobody reacts. Like, it's no big deal at all that he's using this thing now. He shits it out from his <laughs> mouth, too, no like less. Just, it just, you know, all just trying it to make no sense, sense of this at this point is just, sorry, man, we're season two now. We've thrown all of that out the window. Dude, season, do you remember towards the end of season one where we're like, oh, man, this is so cool like you're getting you're, you're getting an actual person at like reagan or uh dark what was it warrior veritas of dark reagan he was a vision or whatever and we're like oh my god he's a vision this is crazy yeah that was the big reveal and then we're like watch them watch them cop out and make everything a vision and then season two everything's a vision. yeah see uh, <laughs> season two is just a clusterfuck man it's honestly season the two best two. part of season two was the entire storyline with Laswell and Axtar. And once that wrapped up, like, and even everything around that storyline just sucked. Honestly, it just was not that compared to season one. It just wasn't that good. And then I'm, I'm now just at the end of what we have so far at season two. And I'm just saying like, what is even going on anymore? Like, if if the emperor could do all of these crazy things, why did he need like all those elaborate plans to get weapon and like why why did he need those? Why even why not just do it like you're clearly capable of doing it on your own? You clearly were all this time. Why didn't you just do it? <laughs> like I don't understand. He has no real motivation. No, he's just a monkey. Like he's like, literally just you get to the soul of you know how he t- ah! and that's how he's able to. Ah! He literally took in the soul of Harambe. Spoiler and, alert. Uh, I, dude, that's old news. That's not even... What, I don't even care. Um, you can bleep the souls part, but he took in the soul of Harambe, and now Harambe's the one in control. <laughs> <I know. laughs> just, oh, my God. It's absolutely... This, the story has just gone to hell. Like, I don't know what's going on anymore. So... Um... I put in the little spoiler thing. So if you're still listening, here's one more. So you know that part where he, I don't know. How far are you actually? Cause I don't want to ruin it for you too. I just got off of the Grandor palace thing and we're now flying in our airships. And for some, for okay. some reason, Perfect. Aldor and Hess are now randomly cooperating instead of still trying to like, you know, that like thousand year grudge we had where like you were murdering us all this time and oppressing us and, and all this shit. Well, we don't care about that anymore. We're we're friends. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Just like ten minutes ago, you wanted to kill each other. You were at war, and now, eh, you know that's that's old news. I love it. Well, to be fair, this giant thing is descending upon them to kill them. 
They don't know it's descending to kill them so, yet. I, yeah, he announced Only it. after they fired their cannons on him. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <coughs> you got me. That's Dude, fair. if somebody dis- um, you were just coming down to say hi, maybe have some tea, you know, and they just shoot you with cannons, well, what are you gonna do? Of course, you're gonna destroy them. Technically, that guy's the emperor, so Aldor should be like helping. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Where, where's their loyalty? What is this bullshit? Fucking they committed all those atrocities in the name of the emperor for so long, and now, oh, this one, this is where I draw the line. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Okay, so this is the thing that I hate about the current villain, the Emperor. The whole story goes by, and he is pretending to be the Beta Star or whatever, Alpha Star, sorry. Right? He's the Alpha Star. He's just chilling, waiting, his, biding his time. You get, you get to the end of the game. He hasn't powered up or anything. He unlocks himself. He's like, oh, now I'm going to show you my true power. And then he turns into this giant, massive thing, right? And I'm like... You, your whole purpose was to be alone. You just wanted to be the only person in existence. That, that apparently was his motivation. But he plays the game of running around with Laswell and Rain and like doing all these stupid things that like you could have just literally killed everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why ago. would you not just right away kill like, everybody before they had a chance to do anything? Like, just If that was your goal, you should have done it from the start. That's the problem with the story. They never once gave us an explanation for how the Emperor went from, like, getting his ass whooped to being so strong all of a sudden. Other than, like, BS, this is my final form, ha ha ha. But if you had that power all along and your goal was to literally kill everybody, why did you not just do it right away? Like, right from the get-go. Like, what was the point of all that, like, deception and stupidity? I thought they were going to, like, before this whole stupid... Before he gave a monologue about his reasoning, I thought he was doing it for the entertainment. I thought it was fun for him to like sit on the sidelines and watch this other guy struggle along and watch the heroes try to fight, and then he comes in at the end and ruins everything. That would have been a better play, play, play another game, right? Like that's what I thought he was doing. Honestly, I was like, oh, that's that would have been like, more believable himself. and better than what we got because I can. I can believe that, where you have this being that's been alive for thousands of years, or a thousand years, or 700, whatever it is. I imagine you get bored at that point. You're literally the strongest person in existence. Nothing can challenge you. So what do you do? You pretend not to be. You you go these potential heroes to try to overthrow you, and then just when they think they've won, you step up and you just crush them and watch like the hope die from their eyes. I can imagine he would have fun doing that. Like that, to me, would be good motivation for him doing what he's doing. The power of solitude is the most stupid thing I've ever read in any game text I've ever played. And I've played some stupid games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pitting the power of solitude versus the power of friendship is a uh, huge cop-out stupidity. It's yes. like, what? I don't know what's going on anymore. I've lost all faith for season three. And uh, it's a shame because I was one of the story was one of the things I was looking forward to the most. And we even did on one of the previous episodes when they did a big reveal with Axtar and his identity, where we were kind of excited to see how it all went through. I'm just, it's kind of a shame the way they closed it out. I feel like it ruins everything they built up. I agree with you. They had a really, really good thing going. 
um, the whole travel, like the running around from crystal to crystal, slowly revealing who Axtar is. Like they made that so suspenseful and hyphy. And I was like super excited because of all the build up to it. And then hearing how this story is ending, you're just like, wow. Apparently, yeah, like the main writer had a stroke just before he uh, panned the ending and suddenly we got what we got. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we forgot to talk about X-Deaths, TMR and STMR. Uh, So let's quickly... I will give you the... uh, (laughs) Hang on. I will give you the Cliff's Notes version of uh, Warrior of the Evening X-Death and his TMR. So his TMR... Meh. His STMR, I think super good if you're fighting against humans, in- insects, or plants. I almost said incels, but it, you do not get bonus damage against incels, so do not equip this if you are confronted. Definitely want something else. <laughs> that, that was, <laughs> that was just me. Like, my brain just derped me. <laughs> I'm reading so, insects. The writer may have had a stroke. Maybe yeah. he's having a stroke. I'm currently having one. Call... Do you smell burnt toast, or is that just... <laughs> I actually do smell burning bread, but I think that's dinner. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, who knows? Who knows? This, this could be the last time I show up on the podcast. You never know. Could be. Could be. All right, that that's pretty much it for everything. We gave our rundown, our, our quick little rant about the story. Any parting thoughts, Manny? Uh, in what regard? Overall. Just in terms of... With like the the new unit, like the new updates. I mean, the new units. Uh, the tank, on? I think I'm really excited about the two DPS. Uh, I'm not so excited about uh, Krill because I'm not sure what she's actually going to be putting out numbers wise. Whether she'll be worth it, and uh, X Death because he is uh, just pretty much a cookie cutter chaos chainer on steroids. So he's not really bringing anything novel. He's not. He just has higher numbers, and that's it. Well, I, I'm, that's not true. He can I, equip heavy armor, but you know, there's not much mage heavy armor out there. So I don't know how much that actually helps him. Yeah, I agree with you. The tank is the star of the show for me. Warrior of Dawn, Galif, all the way. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. See you later, guys.